Thank you for joining us for Effective Heart Change, the podcast that will discuss how to apply faith principles to real-life situations. This is Effective Heart Change. And now, your co-host, Matthew. Hey folks, welcome back to Effective Heart Change. Today, we are in for a treat. We're joined by Dale Leach. Dale did a radio show with David Case in McPherson for 15 years called Real Questions. Now we welcome Dale back into the studio so that he and David Case can discuss some issues that are going on today. Today's topic is gonna be authority. This is gonna be a several part series and we're extremely happy to have you along for the ride. Dale, welcome. Thanks, it's good to be here. Back in the saddle, huh? Good to be here with <laughs> real questions. Yeah, well, <laughs> we had some of those. We had some years of those. Worth. Yes, we did. Well, this is a little different. Uh, I I mentioned earlier that I had a face for radio, and I'm not too sure about this. You're not sure about the, <laughs> the face for a video yeah, podcast? Well, well there so you go. I guess we'll have to find out. We'll have to see how that goes. We we hope that that... You know, the, the visual image doesn't scare people off between one of us, right? Uh, you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll figure that out. But actually, I'll just pick up on that. Dale and I did a uh, radio program for almost 15 years uh, called Real Questions. Two times a week. Two times a week, pretty much like what we're doing here. And went back and forth, and we, we explored the topics of the day from a Christian perspective, which is pretty similar to what we're doing doing here. Okay, now I know what I'm going to do, huh? Now you know what you're <laughs> going to do. Well, you know, it was it was a fun time because uh, uh, we found out some pretty interesting things. Uh, one was that we could over prepare, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, the the best part of that was the recognition that the Holy Spirit was was guiding what we were doing because uh, you're a very avid reader and I'm fairly. And uh, we found out that there was a, a meshing going on that we didn't uh, really understand, but we're, be, we're really happy to be a part of. Let me give you another one. I was at the food bank last week. We were, took some volunteers and we were doing some work. And a guy goes, who are you? And I stated my name. He goes, well, it's good to meet you. I loved your Real Questions program, and I'm like seven years later. I, yeah. That's that's pretty cool. Well, yeah, it was. I think it was it was uh, well received. I have people say I recognize the voice, and I, I I'm not sure I'd recognize the voice, but yeah, it was uh, it was a good 15 years, uh, and I'm I'm looking forward to this. This will be fun. We're, the topic that we're going to start off with, I, I, I've argued with myself what title to give it, but the title that I have right now is Healthy Authority. I've, I've written things called Biblical Conflict and Biblical Counseling, so I've toyed with, well, maybe it ought to be Biblical Authority, or maybe it ought to be another place I talk about godly influencing. But that's what we're talking about in this topic. How do you how does one person impact another person? What does it look like? When is it healthy? How is it healthy? Again, in the recovery program, that's something that we deal with over and over again because almost everybody we deal with, most of their dysfunction comes out of having been around and having had inflicted on them, if you will, um, unhealthy 
kinds of authority, unhealthy kinds of influence, whether that's manipulation or whether that's passivity or whether that's uh, just an overbearing type of a zone. Yeah, uh, discipline would be another word mm-hmm. you could use uh, as a transference of, of authority. Uh, it, it's such an interesting topic because uh, uh, we really don't understand authority very well, I don't believe. Uh, I know that uh, I, I came up in a generation that uh, uh, questioned uh, authority uh, on, on, the, on the big scale. And and uh, the different events over the years, uh, I think of the Vietnam War and uh, friends who went and served, uh, came back and uh, uh, just felt totally ignored uh, after after putting their lives and some giving their lives uh, to to fight for uh, a questionable uh, goal. And and then to be shunned when they came home, uh, uh, it's it, authority can be misused and taken in the wrong direction uh, in so many different ways. And and I think of the bumper sticker: question authority. <laughs> you know, I mean that that became kind of a bumper sticker sort of a thing to where uh, that that's just how a generation responded, and mm-hmm. and it's actually continued probably gotten more extreme with each generation since uh, the 1960s. Isn't that an interesting thing, the way uh, history builds on itself, uh, both to the positive and the negative? We, can, we take a good idea and, and uh, build on it, or we can uh, take a bad idea and, and just build on it and make it worse. Right. And, and, uh, it would seem to me authority uh, is no more understood today than it was 40 years ago. Let's start with Webster's definition, and uh, this comes out of the third college edition. So, number one, authority is the power or right to give commands, enforce obedience, take action, or make final decisions jurisdiction. So, that idea of just power, raw power. The second one, such power as delegated to another, authorization warrant. So that's, that's really dealing more with position, if you will, and, and investing author- Hierarchy. Invest authority in a place. And then the third one is power or influence resulting from knowledge, prestige, etc. So those are the three key definitions. Now, I jump off from that with three observations, and these three observations are going to be incredibly important as we talk about what does authority look like, and and before we get too far, again, influence. If you're going to have authority, it really is about what kind of influence do you actually have in people's lives. It's not necessarily dictatorial. It's not necessarily even defined influence is a is a huge word do i do you actually listen to me do you trust me I, is there is there interaction back and forth and and that's that's real authority when you get down to it coming from a background that was steeped in athletics uh i can i can vouch for the influence part as far as the effectiveness of a leader was someone that that um, was knowledgeable, yes, 
that knew the game, put you in the best situation to succeed, all of those things. And I played for guys that had no concept of other than it was me over you. It's what I say goes, and if you don't do that, you don't. So, so the influence uh, speaks to me because it is uh, in, in the kindest sort of way. It's it's the uh, it's authority, it's power, but it's with a heart. It's with a purpose. It's with respect, and that makes all the difference. Let me come back. Obviously, the the title of this is Effective Heart Change. I mean, that's that's the podcast. That's what we're talking about. So if I'm talking about effective heart change and I'm talking about authority, it really becomes important to think about that. How do I influence effective heart change your direction if I'm not building trust, if I'm not building active cooperation, I'm not getting heart change. I can be dictatorial and I can get a behavior. Uh, if I'm the employer and I have the almighty paycheck and I have the ability to hire and fire, and especially if it's a bad economy and you can't get another job, I can pretty well dictate what I want you to do and you don't have to like it. You just have to, you know what, if I want a paycheck, I'm going to go along with it. That's one kind of authority. But we're talking about effective heart change here. We're talking about people's lives being transformed into something positive. That's not going to happen by me dictating to you how I want you to live. Yeah, there certainly are moments uh, when uh, dictatorial style uh, is apropos. It is. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely. It's, it's right for the moment, and it's it's needed even in again in athletics. Uh, we can we can talk about what might work, but somewhere along the line, somebody's going to make a choice. And and uh, if you're a leader, uh, you can take all that in, but then you say, no, we're going to do this. And and uh, and you take responsibility for that. And if if it if it succeeds, great. And if it doesn't, it's yours. You've heard me say this. It actually spins off from Tom Landry and and different people, but he talked about that in order to be successful with his teams, he needed to get to get athletes to do what they didn't want to do. <laughs> I mean, what athlete wants to train at that level? Same thing as a pastor. You know, if I'm going to help people be perfected before Christ, to grow up, to change. I've got to be able to challenge people to do what they don't want to do, at least at a, at a natural physical level. Um, there, there's impulses that are like, no, I don't want to do that. That will be painful for me. So you have that dynamic going on where how do I get you to do what you don't even want to do so that, and I like to add this part, so that you can become who God created you to be. Absolutely. So that you can step into a place of purpose and meaning and fulfillment. I'm not just trying to get you to do what you don't want to do. What's their why? I mean, that's, that's just me being cruel. That's me being a power monger, et cetera. But I'm wanting you to do what you don't want to do so that you can become who God created you to be and experience that, that fullness of life that God actually has for you. Sounds like to me, even the leader needs a leader. Uh, absolutely. Uh, because as a leader, there are, there are things that uh, 
they don't want to do. They they don't want to spend the time or the effort to to improve their position as far as knowledge and as far as direction. Integrity is so huge. If I'm not willing to be an example, if I'm not willing to live it, who's really going to listen to me? I mean, who's really going to care? So integrity will be one of the huge points that we make. Let's come back to this. Based on the three definitions, um, there's three things that I want to observe, point out about authority. Number one, authority is action and decision-based. We were in class this morning before we're doing this recording, and I talked about passivity. Um, Sometimes I, I don't have it in this observation, but inaction is also a decision. So it's, it's action-based. It can also be inaction-based in, in the case of passivity. So just a couple things to think about. Number two, authority is transferable, corporate, and ultimately derived from God. So that's, that's interesting that God, when you think about it, where did authority come from? God gave it to Adam. He basically, Genesis 126, he said, you're in charge of the earth. He appointed him gardener. <laughs> he, he, he appointed him gardener. I like that. <laughs> he, he basically put him in charge of the earth. And so, okay, now, now Adam's got it. Now, it wasn't specifically to Adam, I don't believe. It was to mankind, which means that it's corporate. Now, I don't mean that in the sense of a corporation and what we think of, but it's jointly held. It's jointly shared. We all authority is jointly held and jointly shared. All authority comes from God, and it is jointly shared. It's shared. It's interesting. Uh, I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions about authority and leadership, uh, however you want to put it. That that we assume or we take authority, uh, and it, it isn't something that we necessarily were given in in the perspective that we're applying it. Um, it's uh, all authority comes from God. That's uh, in my Sunday school class, that's what we talk about. It's that's where authority comes from. So what do you do with it? Third one, authority is measurable in terms of influence or impact on a person or situation. Let me state it a different way that's maybe simpler. It has outcomes. Yeah. Yeah, good and bad. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. But you, there, there, is, and you can see, you can see results, uh, good and bad. So it's, you don't have to wait around long. <laughs> it, it's there. Yeah. It, you're you're either doing, and that I'm going to bounce back to the word influence, and I'm going to bounce back and forth. But you're either bringing a good influence, an effective influence, or you're bringing bad influence that's helping create bad outcomes. Now, helping, that's a key word because one of the things that I pound over and over and over again, I don't have authority over you. I I don't have the ability to step into your space. I basically have authority in your life according to what you choose to give me. There's there's a level at which you're sovereign. You're a king in your own right. Yeah, authority is given. Uh, we think about taking authority. Uh, if we're taking it, uh, it, it, it isn't necessarily the real thing. Uh, I think that, that God has given authority to us. Uh, in fact, he's given responsibility 
for things that he doesn't do. Uh, and, and, and there are things that we can do, and it's our responsibility to do them. But the, the, the authority that he's given uh, is, is a, uh, I don't know, it's, it's, it's a card that you have uh, that, that you, can, you can apply, you're expected to apply. Uh, and 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 to do it with a heart and to do it with with some sort of vision, but the 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 idea that we can take authority, uh, I don't believe that's biblical at all. Take isn't a great word. Yeah. Uh, I, I get that. But one of the concepts that I love to teach on is God's part and our part. And there is a part, if you go back to coaching, there's a part the coach can do. There's a part that the athlete can do. And, you know, the coach can take it about so far. And if the athletes don't pick up on it, um, good coach, bad coach, whatever, there are different sets of athletes. I learned that in my first year of coaching junior varsity basketball. We were one in 16. And it was all the coach's fault. Well, no, but I, <laughs> I thought going into that season as a first year out of college that I could, I could do pretty much anything that I'd put my mind to. Well, we, the first eight games, we, we didn't come within 30 points of somebody, anybody. And the second uh, eight games, same teams, uh, we only lost uh, by more than 10 one time the rest of the season. But we only won one game too, so it was a it was a great lesson because it it taught me you do what you can do and you you try to bring players along, but it's a combination of things. It isn't just me. It's it's the group. It's a corporate thing, like you said. And that's one of the most powerful things that I teach in this area of authority. Is I I really only have as much influence in your life as you choose to give me. Absolutely. Back to God's part and our part. There are a lot of people in the God thing, they make God this sovereign God, and he has everything. And that's true. I mean, he created it. He's responsible for it. But he's taken and specifically handed parts to us. And when God hands a specific part to us, it's our part to take care of. And, and very much like the athlete and the coach. Athletes, you can get a group that really listen to you at a higher level, respond to you at a higher level. Well, guess what? As a coach, I have greater influence at that point. If I have a group of people who don't listen, who pretty much do their own thing, I have less influence. Same picture is there with God. There's a lot of times in the Old Testament that God's just knock, knock, knock. Let me come back later. Knock, knock, knock. Oh, I'll come back later. Knock, knock, knock. I mean, it just, and, and nobody's home. Nobody's listening. Well, what are God's options at that point? And, and basically the answer is some form of judgment. In, uh, in God's uh, train of authority, obviously he is. All, but he's chosen family as the representation. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's 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 a, a an entity that is divine. It's in and of itself. He didn't need us. Uh, so why why create humans anyway? Well, it it was part of the beauty of the love that God has that we uh, are are created that we have life. 
and we've been given authority, but it's for the it's for the common good of the family of God. And and all of us are born into that family as far as as being his creation. And and the the anticipation is that we will we will uh, participate uh, as family members as as one, uh, and and we we get to make that choice, and and that's but that overarching overarching idea of of God's love and and the inclusion were important of of all the things in created in creation. He talked about them being good. But when he talked about humanity, he says, this is very good. When you mention common good there, that really scoots us into, and I think all we'll probably get done today is just introduce some of this stuff. But that really scoots us into the way that authority typically is done. Too often, authority is not done for the common good. I mean, that is such a powerful statement. If I'm doing biblical authority, if I'm doing healthy authority, I don't get to look out for me. I have to pay attention to us. I have to pay attention to the bigger picture and and the outcomes of that bigger picture. What tends to happen, and Jesus talks about this with Gentile authority, and Gentile is just a word that's goyim. It's a word that talks about the nations. Uh, Jesus is talking about you, my people of God. Here's how I want you to do it. Here's how people in general do it. People in general, when they are, when authority is transferred to them, they tend to use it selfishly. Or let, let me just go a different way. Maybe they don't even believe they're using it selfishly. Maybe they actually believe in their ability to lead other people at a higher level than is actually true. And so then they just start exerting higher and higher levels of force on people in a way to try to get them to conform to the ideas of that person. Well, guess what? Now I'm lording it over you, not necessarily paying attention to outcomes, but either trying to make you like me or or like as in do what I do, not like as in like as in love you, you know, relationship-like. But I'm either trying to get you to do things the way I do them, the way I want them done, not necessarily paying attention to the outcomes. I'm, I'm frustrated with, with the, what you just described in my estimation. Uh, we're an either-or generation. Uh, you're either this or you're that. And, and uh, there's no common good uh, as a as general rule. I don't see that anywhere, particularly in politics. But I think it goes to our perceptions of ourselves. Uh, we have, we're an interesting dichotomy. Uh, one, we believe we're absolutely unique, and 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 the creation story gives that that uh, affirmation of that idea. But the other part of it is. Uh, and so if I'm unique, I'm different, and that's to be understood. But the other one is that when we, we go to espouse our point of view, we figure all we have to do is say it, and, and it comes out just for that person as it is in my mind. And, and so you're caught between those two things. They can't be both, you know. 
I don't, I don't speak for you, but when I speak, I expect you to hear what I say. So we're making assumptions, uh, and, and uh, they're not profitable uh, for, the, for the common good, for the, for the people to actually come together uh, in, in some sort of unity to promote something that's good for the majority of people. You're not going to get something that's going to please everyone. No way. But and and in politics right now, so much of it, I believe, ends up being about maintaining power. Uh, I'm going to accumulate power. I'm going to accumulate wealth. I'm going to accumulate my ability to say, do, etc. That that becomes a goal in and of itself. If we could somehow get into politics, this idea of really celebrating the common good and working towards the common good, and if if that was higher than the power quotient, I think we would see a completely different picture in politics. But it's it really has become extremely vicious, and it is so much of it is about my way, your way. You know, if it's not going to be my way, hit the highway. I mean, those are the kinds of attitudes we see. Uh, you're going to have half of the country angry at that point in terms of where we are right now. Periodically, I ask people the question, uh, what is a statesman? Uh, and most people uh, in, our, in the generations after ours uh, d- d- have not heard the word even, right. let alone have an idea what that is. But for me, a statesman was someone in the public eye who promoted the common good uh, for all the people. You know, you're not going to, like I said, you, you're not going to be able to do it for everybody. But, but as a majority, uh, there ought to be things. And, and to work across the aisle in pot- politics is a demonstration. That, and, and it's interesting, most people have to go back to the 50s or even before that to come up with a name in, in public eye that, that, that meet that kind of standard. It really has become divisive, and it doesn't matter whether it's, uh, you know, general discourse in society. I mean, everything has to be said just so precisely right now. There's really almost no attempt at, let me hear you. Let me ask questions. Let me, let me hear your heart and what you're saying. And now let me share a little bit of my heart and, and what I'm thinking. And how can we mesh these things together for the common good? Because you and I need each other, because back to the main topic, authority is held jointly. So if you and I are against each other, we're canceling one another out in a way that nothing effective can be done, in a way that we can't have good outcomes. And that's what's happening all across our culture. We're, we're it's a matter a- of mutual respect. And, and, and when that respect is not there, I, I don't know how you can expect anything but a bad result. Uh, and, and we're seeing that in so many different facets of our society today. I feel like we've barely gotten started. Would, <laughs> What's new? <laughs> you know, they, they, after, they, after seven years off, we've, we're, we're still doing the same thing. They, they, they give me a hard time. I, I write up these things to go through in class and— uh, I say, now you do know that if I'm here, we might get through a paragraph, you know, I mean, that's, that's, that's kind of what it looks like because uh, that's just the way it is, but barely gotten started. 
But hopefully we've given you a little bit of a taste because when authority is done right, it creates healthy children. It creates is a little bit strong because the children have something to do with it and it is interactive. But it's, it's families are healthier. Uh, nations are healthier. It's just, I mean, this is an incredible topic. I hope that you'll come back and join us because we will be pursuing this over over the next few programs and talking about it in a way that I think will challenge you, it'll enlighten you, and it'll move you towards a healthier life with better outcomes. Thank you for joining us for Effective Heart Change. Video production, editing, and audio by Matthew. Set design and setup by Ashley. Content recorded live at Studio 104.